Do you already miss the relative anonymity in which you've you've been working the last couple of years? Um, no, I think it's all it's 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 all been a kind of gradual rise, and uh, everything's kind of come really uh, naturally. I'd say so. I wouldn't say I miss anything because it's kind of opened up naturally, which is cool. Uh, so there are no things that you feel like you hurry too much. No. No, I don't. I think I think everything came at the right time. If there's anything I miss, it's probably like um, uh, being back home with my friends and stuff like that, being at school and stuff, which was fun. But it's good. It's good kind of being where I am now. Uh, what is for you the ultimate form of recognition? Um, being able to make music that people think's written about them. I think having a uh, kind of I don't know, rapport with your, with your audience and having people really connect with the music. Is that a criterion for you, for it to be recognisable? No, because I, I kind of write my music as it's kind of me, like I'm just putting my thoughts and feelings on paper and the fact that people kind of connect with it is, is a positive thing, but it's not how I set out writing the songs. Um, can you already say what effect working in the public eye has on you or has had on you? Um, it's just uh, it's just all been a kind of experience that I've learned from. Um, the effect of it has just been me kind of uh, having a bit more knowledge, I guess. About what, for example? Everything, life, the way people work. Um, are, are you more aware of the way you behave? Do you feel like you're more aware of? Um, no, no. I've just I, I I am aware that I've changed from being a bit kind of immature and not really sure about things and now I've, I think I've grown up a little bit. Uh, when you look at uh, the people you grew up with, uh, how, how, does, how does your life relate to theirs? Is there, uh, what are the common things? Do you know what, when we all meet up and meet out back, back at home, it's exactly the same as it was, but obviously they go off to university and I go off and do my thing in the year and we kind of uh, live a totally separate life but when we're kind of all back together it's completely the same. It's for, for someone who reads your musical endeavor so far, who reads about it or sees what you've done so far, it's hard to believe that it fits in this small amount of time. It seems. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, what do you consider to be the key moments in the last, let's say, five years? Uh, I'd say leaving school and moving to London was a key moment. Um, I'd say uh, gigging a lot and writing a lot of music and releasing a lot of music. Uh, the internet, using that, doing lots of tours. And uh, I th yeah, I'd say, I'd say they're, they're, they're key. Um, about this moving to London, how did you survive the first couple of weeks? Being alone in a city you don't know that well? Just had to learn quick and yeah, grow up fast. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really a survival thing. It was more of a kind of a education thing. What did that, what did those first weeks look like? Um, they were the first day was lonely, and then after that, I started meeting people, and, and it was was all right. Um, in two thousand nine, you did a lot of a lot of gigs uh, mm. in, in London and the surroundings. Um, why that? Where does that drive come from? Um, Okay, so did you did you go to university? Yeah, I did. And how long have you been a journalist for? How long have I been what? A, a journalist for? Three years. 
And do you think if you hadn't gone to university and you'd have started off when you went to university as an intern, you would have learned a lot in the first couple of weeks of doing that, right? Absolutely. And like for, for me, being a, being a musician, like when, I think when you know what you want to do, all you need to do for the first couple of years of your profession is get experience. So my drive from that came from probably your drive being an, being an intern. You just wanted to be a journalist, so you worked your ass off to get there. And I wanted to be a musician, so the only way for me to learn is to do a lot of shows. So that was kind of my drive for the first year. But the distinction between uh, studying and work life is, is much less there in your case than it was in mine. Uh, not, not necessarily, because um, me doing a gig in front of 10 people and it going badly is a very good lesson. And that's technically me studying rather than me working. And my work began when my album came out, uh, which was only last week. So before that, that was all my study period. That was all me kind of getting to know the whole industry and how to work and how to gig and how to speak to people. And now. The work began last week and I'm, I'm ready. While studying, a lot of people uh, have some days they just want to quit altogether. They think yeah. about, let's skip it, I won't do it anymore. Uh, did, did you have those moments? Of course, yeah, I think, I think, I think everyone has those moments. I think you have, to, you have to be human to have those moments, but um, it's the, a kind of testament to how badly you want it if you just think, fuck it, you know what, I'm going to carry on. Can you pick out some, some moments in which you thought, I want to quit? Uh, when I went to LA last year in April, just before that was a moment when I was like, you know what, I might give it a rest for now because I'd been playing the same gigs with the same people in the same bars and clubs and I was kind of getting in a rut where I'd just be doing the same things every single day. I'd kind of wake up, I'd go to the studio, I'd finish the studio, I'd go and do a gig, stay up for a bit, go to bed and repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And, you know, it w like when I first moved to London, I was doing that. But two years on, still doing that, I was kind of a bit like, is this the right thing? So that's when I went to L.A. and did a lot of shows there. And it kind of revamped my uh, drive, I think. What, was that the whole motivation of going to L.A.? To, to Pretty get much, new to kind of escape, escape the scene that I was part of just for a little bit. So what did you walk into in L.A.? Uh, challenges. Challenges, yeah. I was playing, like comedy nights in rough neighborhoods to people that weren't used to hearing acoustic love songs they listened to hip-hop and stuff like that so yeah challenges but really really good experiences did, did you find a way did you soon find a way to to win those people over yeah because in in america uh it's they they love the american dream they love the go out and do it kind of point of view so Whereas in England, if I'd go and play hip-hop night, people might be a bit kind of like, what the fuck's he doing? In America, it's kind of like, yeah, you go, kid, you reach your dreams. So, like, it, yeah, it was a bit... It was, it was kind of easier to get people on your side there because all you had to do was show that you had a love for music and they kind of got into that. How long have you been there altogether? In L.A., uh, for a month. And looking back, what has it brought you? Um, probably that, 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 you know as long as you're passionate about your craft like someone's going to like it and returning to england what was that was that a hard thing or no because i kind of returned to england with a kind of newfound uh drive so i returned to england and just got straight back into it and that's when i started kind of recording the eps and releasing them in independently and going on tours and yeah kind of all went all went from there uh, that moment before you went to la that you thought about perhaps giving it a rest. Has such a moment occurred again no, after that? not at all. Because it's all kind of like, since then it's all snowballed. Like before then it was kind of very on one level and since then it's just kind of gradually risen, so yeah. 
uh, in your songs, the, the stories you tell are very much in the, in the forefront. Um, uh, what does a story need, need for you to be told? Uh, emotion. Emotion. Is, is that a, when you begin writing a, a story or a song, is that a set criteria? No, but I think you need to be moved to create music and um, I think for you to be moved there has to be emotion to be involved and every single song or story that I've kind of written has come from a in like a kind of inspiration that has been derived from emotion so wh wh whether it be something involved in a relationship that's kind of just clicked and I thought oh, I fucked that and wrote a song or whether it's me meeting um, that girl at the homeless shelter and writing um, the A-team or me getting into the industry and being told I had to change and writing You Need Me, it's all come from some sort of emotion. Uh, are there certain subjects you see yourself coming back to all the time? Love, I guess, yeah, but that's kind of what everyone writes about. Isn't it tiring in a way? Not, not at all, not at all, because uh, every day is different with uh, different people, I guess. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about You Need Me, I Don't Need You. Uh -huh. um, uh, do you remember uh, where you write, wrote that song? Uh, that song actually wasn't actually finished until this year. I wrote that song originally in my bedroom in Suffolk, and then uh, that was just two choruses and two verses, and then when I moved to London, I added a rap, so that was a bit more, and then I started throwing in other people's tunes to kind of have more of an effect live, and then added some more verses here and there, and it kind of all got completed um, around a couple of months ago. But um, before that, uh, I originally wrote it in my bedroom, and it's just evolved since then. Do you recall the line or the melody it started with? Um, the uh, now I'm in town, break it down. That that was the kind of first thing, and then it was the the verses and the choruses and kind that, of that kind of uh, rap angle you take Very much, there. Yeah. Uh, wh where does that come from? Can you uh, pinpoint that? Probably listening to a lot of Eminem. Mm. Do you feel like you're uh, you're a good MC? In the <laughs> uh, Nah, because if I was a good MC, I'd probably be just an MC. Um, but I think I think I've learnt to put lyrics together. Yeah. Um, uh, did 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 the song change much from what it was when you uh, rewrote it? It's and changed all? a lot. Yeah, I mean, it used to be really slow, and now it's a bit more fast and has a bit more energy and rhythm. Uh, can you tell in short what it's about? Uh, it's about the when I got into the music industry, the kind of um, the kind of view that uh, anything that had been successful before used the same blueprint and repeats it over and over again until it doesn't work anymore, that kind of thing. So someone like James Blunt, who sold 13 million records, had a unique selling point, and that's why he sold 13 million records. But the kind of industry thing was, okay, James Blunt sold 13 million records, so let's get 40 kids with acoustic guitars that can all sing like him, record some sort of love songs, and then release them. And uh, kind of follow that blueprint and everyone to be successful you have to have a unique selling point so to just copy someone else's blueprint isn't going to work and that's what that song was about basically so what's your unique selling point i don't know you tell me if you don't know who knows well i i i know that i don't need to change what i do to be successful i don't necessarily know what the unique selling point is um but um i know that i don't have to sing songs like James Blunt or look like James Blunt to sell records. But do you purposely stay away from 
those mainstream movements? No, I don't purposely stay, stay away from anything. I kind of only make the music that I want to make. And if it, if it does end up colliding with music like that, then that's cool, because I wanted to do that. But I don't purposefully stay away from it or purposefully do it. I just kind of go with the flow. Um, in the video, uh, we see a, a guy dancing to the song yeah. uh, in the rhythm. What do you think of that idea when you first heard it? Well, it's all... Um, he's actually just doing sign language, so it's all... Um, uh, so deaf people can, can understand it. And I love the idea that the song was based around all the lyrics, so why, what, what better way to kind of shoot a video where it just focuses on the lyrics and he does it all with sign language. Whose idea was it? Uh, the director, um, Emil Nava. Do you give such people the, a, a blank sheet? Can they do whatever they want? No, they can't do, what, do whatever they want, but he kind of... Uh, uh, I knew him before we made the video, and he kind of came to me with the idea and said, we should do this, and I, I was just like, yeah, that's a wicked idea, let's do that. Uh, last question. When you saw how it turned out, what was your first response? I loved it. I loved it. I was there for the whole um, the, the, the whole shoot of the video, kind of watching it being done, and it was a phenomenal shoot to be involved in. It was really, really special, and the, the outcome was cool, and it got lots of mixed, mixed reactions, sort of people not really knowing how to take it, but overall, it's been quite a successful video, and uh, we just got nominated for um, Best Video at the Q Awards, which um, Emil will be happy about, because I think that's his uh, first major nomination. So. Who are the other nominees? Um, I think Jesse Jesse in there, and Emil did that video as well, so that's that's good. Um, Arctic Monkeys and stuff like that, just quite kind of big bands, but just to get a nomination for that video is quite cool.